Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. Conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. So I have a lot of thoughts about inner voice, but as far as like what we're working from, the definition is that like inner wisdom that kind of shines through when you get still and quiet. It's the thing that can be a guide. And I'm trying to like give an actual definition, but I think it's hard because everybody's going to experience inner voice differently. But on the flip side, let's let's refer to the thing that is an intuition as ego. I think that's like the safest right. thing to refer, like use whatever definition you want sure. <laughs> or word, but like that's what we're going to use today. Okay. And ego is sort of the, the more chattier, negative, like blah, 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 blah voice in my head. Mm-hmm. And then intuition is kind of like the Glenda, the good witch, the like quiet, encouraging voice in my head. What about you? I feel like inner voice for me, it's like, Lately, I keep seeing this like meme pop up and it says some, it's not a meme, it's actually like an article and I don't know how sound it is because it's saying that like people don't hear uh, inner monologues and... Oh yeah, I saw that too. And like 10 billion people post on Facebook and every time somebody posts it, there's 200 comments underneath like, well, I must be special because I have that. And it's like, no, I think everyone actually has that. Like why else would there be inner monologues on TV shows. Like, I just think this article is kind of bunk. No, I don't know. I think that, I think that it might be somewhat related to a feminine aspect. Like, I don't want to say like all women hear an inner voice and whatever, but I feel like there is the Carrie Bradshaw, like writing in your head thing that a lot of people have. There are, I believe, because I'm married to one, people who do not have words in their head like that. Really? Like Adam does not, We because we saw that same thing pop up and I think people are talking about it now. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, it's basically like that there's a certain percentage of people that don't have an inner monologue the way that most of us experience it. But don't you, th- I think the article says that most people don't have the inner monologue oh, and that that's I not what don't, I saw. Be- that's what I saw. Oh. And I don't believe that that is true. It said, it was saying no. that you're super rare oh. and in like 10% of the population, if you have an inner voice that actually oh, that's speaks you're out you loud to you, bunk. I think it's bunk because I do, because then it has the majority of people are commenting underneath all of these posts that people keep reposting. Oh gosh, who knows? Because I mean, the thing is, is that like, there's literally no way to tell what is going on in anybody else's brain. It's no, only self-reported. I guess, uh, sure. But I think there's also the collective. And like when you look at a TV show and inner monologue is such a like common thing used yeah. in TV show. Like for instance, Carrie Bradshaw, like that's why she's so relatable to so many people because we all sort of feel that like internal monologue yeah. of the thing. So I feel like the fact that even well, that like, is like a what technique. what is thought if it isn't attached to words? Right. I think that's the bigger question. Yes, and yes. like I, from being with Adam, like he has a lot of thoughts. <laughs> He's like a really smart person, but I don't think that he has the chatter in his head the way huh. that I do. And it, and when we were talking about it, he was like, yeah, from a, just a standpoint of how many words fly out of my mouth versus his mouth. He is a man of very little few words. Yeah. And when he does use his words, like it's so much more notable because I'm so chatty. And I think it's a reflection of like 
the internal world also that my internal world is super chatty and there's a lot of people and voices and things rattling around yeah. in there. And his, I think is like, it's not less busy, but I feel like he has a computer in his brain and I don't think computers are that chatty. Like, so what do you, I guess I just, I guess for me, I'm so chatty in my own head Yeah, that I have a tough time understanding how that would like, if your thoughts aren't words, how are you think? What are you I thinking think, in I, terms of? Is I it think, just feel like, like pure I've, feeling? Yeah. Well, I'm like envisioning um, a field, <laughs> and Adam's like sitting in the middle of the field, and there's like a a robot or like a computer, and like it's just like I think it's a lot quieter, and it's not that there isn't like a lot of computing happening, but that's my perception. Yeah. And then in mine, there's like freaking bunny rabbits and deer and Nathan like is Nathan's and, definitely chatty in his brain yeah. too despite being a dude but yeah, I know and I don't think it I don't necessarily think that it's like male female yeah. but I feel like there's like um I just think that there's some people that that's brains are wired differently and it really does make sense if you just think about like specifically Adam the way he operates in right. the world and I know that we all have like those people or like if you look at human design like there's so many different expressions of human design and sure. reflectors are like really different than projectors and so I think that our inner world and our inner our experience of inner voice and our experience of intuition is is going to be variable based on like what's happened to us yeah. in our lives how communication has been like, it's also like how you learn to communicate as oh, a child, sure. what's modeled to you. Like, generally speaking, Adam is from Ohio, a beautiful, wonderful place where people are really polite and quiet. <laughs> like, it's just a yeah. different expression. Um, I was born in California and there's like some busyness and I say like a million times out loud, mm -hmm. but I also think that's happening in my head. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so... I think it's interesting, but I did not see the article that said that if you have. Yes, this was like saying you're a special rare snowflake if you have an inner monologue. Well, and I'm just like, I think we are all not, special. Rare we snowflakes. are. I do think the more common thing is probably likely that most of us have an inner monologue. And I think of it in terms of like, I mean, I'm sure there are people who don't, you yeah. know, who like have more like a feeling energy or just like, don't, don't like, I think it's easy. Anybody who's like suffers from anxiety, which I think in this point is like 90 something percent of the population are diagnosed. Obviously they have an inner voice because they're sitting there going like, or an inner monologue, I would think, because you go over things in your brain and you're thinking, what if I do this? And what if I do that? And, you know, that's kind of like the yeah. accompaniment of anxiety, not being able to sleep, all those kinds of things. So I suppose I think like, I, I yeah, I just don't think it's as rare. I think Adam's probably on the more rare percentage of people is if I had to guess, but right. I, I can't say for sure because I can't, again, see inside anybody's brains. But I think that like, but I would say that like all of that that you just referenced is more like an ego talking versus like the inner voice that I, that I, when oh, I'm talking yeah. Anxiety I'm, is ego for sure. Yeah. No question. But I just mean like, um, what's happening in people's brains. I have two voices and one is a little bit more calm and centered, yeah. but it's still a voice, if that makes mm -hmm, sense. Mm -hmm. And then, but I was just like, anxiety is a reference point yeah. for like, like an inner monologue. I guess for, for more for that, like article state, I just think that article was bunk. It was from some like, I just was like, oh my gosh, if I see one more person post this thing to be like, I'm rare because I have this with like 3,000 comments underneath. That's like, it's I'm rare too. It's like, oh my God. Jordan, like, <laughs> that's obviously triggering for you. It's triggering. <laughs> it bothers me. <laughs> because you don't like it when everybody feels like they're rare? No, everybody is rare and special, but it's like the need to like, it's whenever, it's like when people post those IQ things on 
uh, like you've taken some like crazy IQ test. It's 10 questions. And you're like, I'm in this top percentage of smart people. Like, you know, just the ex- the validation needed to then go post that on Facebook. Like it's irksome to me, I suppose. That's just a personal feeling. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> probably ego related. Yeah. However, um, tricky, tricky. So one of the things that I've been thinking about in like preparing for this episode and considering the topic is just what do you think about the inner voice's location? Like where does your intuition, and we'll just use inner voice and intuition kind of interchangeably, like where does your intuition reside? Well, for this, I really, really relate to my human design. And the idea behind that is that your inner voice is an authority and each person, you know, based on your, you, each person has a different authority. And so how many are there? There's like six or eight. Oh gosh, we're going to have to put this in the show notes because I'm not entirely sure. But um, for mine, it's a splenic authority, which is supposed to be your quote unquote intuition. Mm -hmm. And it's for mine, it's like a really fleeting thing that I, it's an instant knowing. So I don't have to ask a lot of questions. And it's tricky because you would think that would be a really easy one because it's like, oh, you just instantly know what you're supposed to do. And I do. But a lot of times there's external factors that do go into play that probably put me more in my ego. For instance, if I'm collaborating with somebody and I have an idea of like what we should do and I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. And then it's like, but then you're collaborating. So somebody else might have a different idea and a different approach and maybe a different authority even. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's the there's the part about you, you know, you have to work with that. And so there's external factors that can prevent me from doing the thing that I know to be true that will probably lead to the best result. And so sometimes it's like, I'll discount it or or go against it. I mean, that happens a lot, honestly, because mm-hmm. I mean, we make, think about how many decisions we make, like true decisions. And if it comes from my intuition and I do it correctly, it, it almost always yields better results. And what I end up finding is that if you miss it or if you pay attention, but you're like, I think I felt that, but I'm not sure because it kind of goes away. That mm-hmm. that one, as far as like a splenic authority. Now, a lot of people, like if you're a generator and you have like that, I think that's when it always comes from sacral if you're a generator, if I'm not mistaken. Your authority is your sacral center. And with that, it's a gut feeling. It's like a, and I, I get gut feelings. I've had that too. Isn't your spleen kind of close to your gut? Your spleen is like <laughs> le- right or left of center. I don't know. I think it's right of center. Okay. Um, and so you, yeah, like if it's a gut feeling, it's a more visceral feeling okay. and it lasts. It's like very, it's like keeps coming at you, I mm-hmm. think is what they say. Okay. And so then there's people who have like a self-projected authority, which is like, you need to talk it out with somebody else. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of a rare one. But I think that when you get a lot of your knowledge and wisdom and intuition by like, when you talk to somebody else, you hear, it's like suddenly you hear yourself. Our friend yourself. Katie Dalebout is a self Yes, and my projector. friend Mara is as well. Okay. And, and I think that's a really interesting one. And it makes sense for people who like Katie Dalebout, who's super chatty and, you yeah. know, talkative. And that's, you can. And even the format of her podcast. You can hear her it doing out. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like a long form, slow conversations. Like she's guiding herself through the questions that she has while yes. she's also like in the interview format of her show. So yeah, that. That makes sense. And then there's like, I think there's a mental, mental authority for like projectors. And that one is where 
I think that one's like head related. Mm-hmm. So like Adam, I could, I think, is he a projector? I can't remember. He's no, a generator. He's, yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of times people who are like in their heads and who are able to just kind of compute things and figure things out, I think that's, so for, I do think there's some wisdom in paying attention to what your authority is. Is that ego authority? Is that what you're Ego authority, of? ego authority. Okay. Um, and so I think there's wisdom in leaning into your authority. I know for me, since I've paid more attention to it, I can almost even look back at situations where I'm like, oh, I remember feeling this way, but like going against it and being like, well, that was a disaster. Yeah. And, um, and now knowing like when to pay attention, but I still, I think everybody has intuition. Like, I don't think that's like, you know, I think that's the thing about human design that gets a little tricky sometimes is like the words like manifest you know, being a manifester means that something different than like being a manifester. Yeah. I mean, like everybody in the woo world, like just like wants to be a manifester. And then it's like, well, actually, like if you, once you like learn about it, then it's not. Anybody can manifest. It's not quite like linking it to that. And so you didn't even mention my authority. What is your authority? Emotional. Oh, emotional authority. And that's the big, I think that's the most common. Oh, is it? I think so. I'm, yeah, I'm on, I'm reading an article right now that says it's, 47% 47% of that population is the emotional. Wow. 40. So the nice thing about human design also is that I think they can like throw out statistics like that because it's based on birth date mm-hmm. and that data is like somewhat ready, like accessible. Um, so there's, yeah, emotional, sacral, splenic, environment slash no inner authority, which is like 3.53% of the population. Wow. That was oh. interesting. A mental projector. Mental projector. That's what I thought. There's okay. one that's like self-projected mental. lunar cycle authority. That's one point three nine. Um, it's a yes, yeah, it's type of reflector. And then ego authority is a projector or a manifester. Okay, and ego I think just is 1%. more heart related on in the terms of the human design or solar plexus. I can't remember, but I know that mental is the one where you have to like ask other people or not ask other. That's Self-projected. Self-projected. Mental is the one where like you compute things in your brain from a more logical standpoint. I bet Nathan's that. I don't know though. I have to check. Emotional is what I am. And that's when you have to kind of let your emotional wave ride through while you're making a decision. Yes. So Kayleen and I have the opposite because an emotional is direct opposite from the uh, splenic because Mm -hmm. mine is instant and yours takes like they recommend a 24 hour cycle to like sit on your feelings and like let that settle before you make a decision, which is interesting because we both use, we, I feel like we both end up working in a way that suits both of us where I like, I'll be like, yes, like a firm yes or a firm no in mm-hmm. my feeling now that I've started paying attention to this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, we'll let Kayleen sit on it. Yeah. Which is annoying. I actually don't like being an emotional authority because I'm at Enneagram eight and I'm an Aries. Yeah. And you so know. I just like, I'm an action oriented, <laughs> like get to the answers, brass tacks, emotions. What? Like, it's just not something that I really love, but being an emotional authority is a good check to my Enneagram eight yeah. because it's like, slow down and let yourself feel the feelings and work it out. And the thing that's been most helpful, because I don't think that I've operated that way in my life until I discovered human design and like n- notify or like decided that was an actual learning opportunity to like follow my emotional authority. And so I've learned, I think through just fields that like a good thing for me to say is like, Oh, I need to sleep on it. Just having like rehearsed responses of, Oh, I have to check with Adam first or like, just like giving me, like giving me checks and balances. So, but back to like the inner voice stuff. I mean, for me, having an emotional authority, I don't like, I don't know 
if that feels like my inner voice or if that feels like giving my ego time to come in line with my inner voice. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, maybe that, but maybe that's what it means that like you have to let the ego dissipate because your instant reaction might be more ego driven and you need to wait so that it's not. Yeah. Whereas like my instant reaction is the right one. And then my ego gets in the way of my authority, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because what I'll do is be like, oh, but I don't want to offend so and so. And I I really need to do this. And (laughs) and so then it keeps me from doing the thing I know to be true. Mm -hmm. And then it's a disaster because I should have gone with my intuition. Okay. So it's the, it's a it's a bit of a like mixed bag. We have different problems basically. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's why it's good to work together actually. They're, yeah, they're different problems or they're, or they're the same problems in different order. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, when I asked you like where do you feel like your intuition resides? I was kind of teeing myself up for sharing this mm. thought which is like that I don't know if it's actually inside me. Like we use the term inner voice and intuition, but I'm starting to question that as a reality because all these are just energy. Like these aren't actual like things, right? Or maybe nothing is an actual thing and everything is energy, which I think we believe. So who's to say that my intuition or my inner voice actually like starts inside? Like I think it might start outside. Oh, I could see that like channeling, like think about, well, when it makes sense because if you're opening up like your crown chakra, which is typically like the chakra that is intuition, you're supposed to be like opening it up to a bright light that's externally sourced. Like that's a lot of times what people say. And then you channel so it's not coming it's a, from and you. And channeling is like an interpretation. It's like taking the thing, a thing from the outside yeah. and then applying your language to it. it it's So I, I do think probably to some capacity, like tapping into in, intuition is a, here's what I think about it. I think it probably is an external thing in some ways. Like mm-hmm. I definitely, I agree with and you. And you're pointing up, but like, I'm like I pointing think it could up. be also down sure you could be like pulling something from like a grounding source I mean I think there's like or like or from straight in front of you yeah I think energy works all those ways but I think I guess I think most often if I was thinking of but I think think about it from the chakras I do think about from the chakras and like opening up to get the intuition and then it works its way down that's Mm -hmm. how I think of it but Mm -hmm. I think either way what it actually really requires you do is get really present and still which I think definitely rings true for me because when I'm in my ego place like that's when I'm coming from a place of uh busy outward yep um and so I guess that's why I think like external outward yeah that kind of stuff and then I think internal line up to you know even the lot like people use that now as a thing like the line like channeling the line um and I think, you know, that's, that is kind of what I think of when I think of like, when you're sitting in a meditative state and you're like, you know, I think there's reasons people use all these practices that yeah. mimic them sitting in a space, seeing a bright light, like to quell yourself and sort of get tapped into your inner knowing. But it mm-hmm. does require like, it's funny because it, you would think it requires no effort but it kind of does because you have to block out the external. I think my ego wants it to require no effort. I think that in like, in my, and it's, it's, I feel like this is really cultural actually, that my desire is to be the cool, effortless, easy breezy girl in ripped jeans and a white Mm t-shirt who can like, eat whatever she wants, eat like loaded French fries and not gain a pound Yeah, and can be in the middle of like a super chaotic experience and be like super chill. Like I feel like they're all, all of those like scenarios are related, 
from like cultural conditioning. 100%. And if you ever want to do a deep dive, which I've been doing recently, there's this fabulous YouTube channel called The Take. And they do all of this like, they do pop culture references. So I, I, because I watched Mad Men, I've watched all of their episodes about each of the Mad Men characters dissecting them. But they also do these ones. It's like The Take has these episodes that are like the cool girl trope, the smart girl trope. And they talk about how these things that women play into, we have these ideas and I totally related to so much of it where I was like, I I was like, oh my God, like, of course, this is all coming from the same place of Mm -hmm. like societal conditioning that women have to be this certain way. Mm -hmm. And I bought into it, Yeah, you know, like I love Star Wars and I'm this and that. So I'm so unique and blah, blah, blah. Like it's that, it's that snowflake mentality again. You're all picking a path. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like who put you on that path? But who put you on it? And And who built that path? And they dissect it and they do (laughs) such a phenomenal job and they're short videos, but they have like all sorts of them. And, um, and yeah, you, there's probably one of those tropes that like that, that the casual girl trope or something that that falls into the, the easy breezy. Yeah you know, cool girl. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, it's very but interesting like to watch. that's the same girl that like got addicted to caffeine pills. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, you can't, I don't think that you can embody all of these things. Like when you were describing your crazy brain, mm. like I was thinking that you're describing being a human. Yeah. And I think that what we tap into when we tap into our intuition and when we tap into our inner voice is like that enlightened source and the thing that is maybe beyond being human. And I mean, I don't know. I just think that there's like, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think that your intuition is the voice of God? Like, do you feel like when people say they heard God that's the same thing. I I think when people say they heard God, they were they heard their intuition or they channeled. I'm not really sure, but I don't. Or maybe they heard God. Yeah, I mean, I think. I that mean, who can possible. say? Right, for um, sure. And I think it's like, what's your view of of God? God. Which is a bigger question. Too. Is I it? mean, I don't. Is it a bigger question, or is this what we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I think like I just read those books. What are they? The Brian Weiss books. I've read a couple of them. I, I mean, he has like ten or something. But I who's Brian Weiss? He is this uh, man who's a psychotherapist. Who he wrote this book called "Many Lives, Many Masters." Oh yeah. And I'm obsessed with the book because it just felt so. Um, it's a really short read. Like I got it on Audible, and I was expect. It looks like a short book, but I was not expect. It was an hour long, hour and a half listen. So it's like basically so it's a podcast. A podcast. <laughs> yeah. And in this, he talks about how he has this patient, Kathy, and like, I'm not really spoiling anything. And he decides to do this. She comes back from like Egypt and like knew all these weird things about Egypt. And he ends up doing a past life regression with her. And, and it ends up healing her in the current state. But he, he like finds, he's so compelled by what she's saying. And then she starts channeling other voices that are like, higher beings mm-hmm. that, you know, she's, it's sort of, it's very similar to like Esther Hicks and, or Abraham Hicks and, um, and all of that, she, you know, she, he's, she basically starts channeling all these voices and the wisdom that she imparts in this like very short book, as well as like the, the things that she brought with her from her past life and sort of like the idea of how karma works. And it is so beautiful. It is so like, it just, it will touch you even if you don't believe what 
they're saying, but mm-hmm. he's now done thousands and thousands. And he believes like there, there's so many truths within all of it. And he did all sorts of research that it existed from like the turn of the last century that people had done in psychology states that were saying like, these are the similarities. And so anyway, she's freaked out hearing herself speak back in these recordings. So yeah. it's not really like necessarily for her, but he's just like, oh my God, like this wisdom you're imparting because it's these bigger voices and bigger themes. And I mean- you know, it's like these days I I hesitate to like ever have a firm stance, but I do feel there's something about these books that I feel like it's got, it th- makes me think so much more about the afterlife and it rings really true for me. Yeah. And he talks about like in this, um, in the other second book I listened to, which I'll have to link in the show notes because I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But um, in that one, he does like people progress into the future, but there's also like various futures that people can progress into. And so, you know, it's just really, really, I highly recommend really short, listen, read. It will impart some wisdom on you, whether it resonates or tracks with you or not. But Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's like, well, yeah, I think we probably do have each within us some sort of bigger thing. I do think like within us, there is some sort of like connection to connection to that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think all of us, I think source is the same. Yeah, I think the the energy is the same. I think yeah. we feel each other's energy, how we perceive it, how we move about with it, what we do with it is different. Mm-hmm. So I think God in that sense, sure. But I wouldn't be like, you know, there have been times, think historically where I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Well, it, again, to the beginning of the episode when we're talking about like, nobody knows what's happening in anybody else's right. brain. So it's impossible And there's a huge level of trust that comes with being on this planet. And if you're going to have a conversation with somebody about what's happening on the inside of their brain, you're going to have to trust them, you know, like, or not. Yeah. Or be like that. No, that doesn't resonate. But when you were talking about like not wanting to take a firm stance, I was thinking about what it means to actually be truly strong. Like strength isn't just having strong muscles. It's also having very flexible muscles. It's an ability to like, our muscles are, are do two things. Yes. And so same thing, like to have a firm stance on something to be firm, but flexible to to say like, this is what I believe. This is what I know to be true today, but I'm also very open to receiving more information to, to being wrong, to having an expanded view. Like, I think that, I think that's where you are on some things, maybe on other things. Like, you know, sometimes you get like a little like, no. And then you're like, but actually maybe. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I'm inclined to like have firm opinions about things. I think that's also why. I'm a very opinionated person, but I think. But that's why you also said like that you have that caveat because you're also like very conscious of like, not wanting. I don't want to. to yeah. Offend. Well, it's not just not yeah. wanting to offend. It's that I don't, I know the one thing I know to, to be true about myself is that I don't know. Right. Like none of us, you know. Yeah. I, There's no way to know. No. Yeah. And so if you pretend to, if you're so strong in that, then like, you know, maybe that's what people call faith. But for me, it's yeah, like, I, I like so. to, um, I do, I do. I Buildings and bridges are made to bend in the wind. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. Like mm-hmm. you have to, if you don't, you're, you'll break. Right. And so it's sort of like you yeah. you do have to have a maintain a level of flexibility and op- I think open-mindedness. And if you're into the woo-woo, you're probably at least a little open-minded. Right. So it's... Yeah, but with all of this, there can become... I think there's a few things like a righteousness that comes with once you like get to cer- into certain realms, you can be like, well, this is the way. Yeah. And what I have started to believe in is that it's the way for me. It's the way for you, but like, Mm. it's not necessarily like the way for everybody. And I think, um, 
having a partner that's so different in the way that he views the world has been a huge teaching for me because it's just not something he's into and he's not, he's like so not judgmental about it most of the time that like, I'm probably the one that's more judgy. Not probably like I am yeah. more judgy, you know, even though I'm the one that's like into all this like openness and, you know, it's just so interesting. So like judging being the being closed or, yeah, or just yeah. like, why wouldn't, how can you not get that? Or how can you not have thoughts oh, in your yeah. head? Like, and like, it's, it's so funny. Cause I, <laughs> I like, like, you know, I have friends or, you know, even family members who are like, you know, not just agnostic, but like atheist or mm-hmm. believe like nothing, you know, we just like die and that's it. And, and that to me is like, like, you know, typically people who believe that they're coming from like a scientific mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. background. And it sort of circles back to like what we talked about in our first episode, like how woo and science, like, you know, yeah. like that's how you discover, make scientific discoveries because you're coming from a place of like broader thinking and like bigger mm-hmm. thinking. And I just think it's so like, that is something I judge, you know, yeah. not even intentionally because I'm like, but how, how can you believe that? Like you, like you don't watch a movie or have a feeling or like, you know, have these like, yeah. like it makes me question everything. I, everything. Yeah. And, and, and in a way of like, how, how, like I just, it's so but see, like, I'm kind of thinking like, maybe that's true for them. Like, what if what you believe is what happens? Maybe that's not what I believe, but yeah. Well, I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm asking the question. It could like, be. What if that's possible that, that it's like similar to manifesting in a way or like that everybody does that there are like 1800 different things that could happen when you die and like everybody's experience is going to be different. Yeah. I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. I do think that no matter what, like everybody's experiences of things are both completely unique snowflake experiences yeah. and then also very common everyday like threads of all things, like yeah. how we experience running into a red light. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like, we all have this experience of like being so unique and like it, it, everything's only ever happening to me. And then like, once we start having conversations about what's happening in our lives, it's like, oh yeah, I've been there too. And I've done that. Or like, have you tried this? Or yeah. And like to get back to intuition and inner voice, I think that what I have seen in being into Just Lively's work and being into Ashley Wood's work, there's these people that are teaching about tapping into intuition and inner voice and realms beyond. And there's like two things that I see people following them asking like, well, how do I know that it's my inner voice? And like, yeah. So that's like to tackle that first, I think that if it feels right, like you don't need to question it. Yeah. It's sort of like what we talked about with like the placebo thing is like, do you, it is or it isn't, but like, if it's, if it's working for you, like, do you need to question it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're like, what should I do? And you hear an inner voice tell you like, you don't need to do anything. And you're like, well, how do I know that that's my inner voice? Yeah. It's like, well, does not doing anything feel like a good choice right now? What are their, what are their answers? I don't know. Typically, like when people have asked that, have you seen any have mm. them come up with like No, because I, I just been like in, like I took Jess's like flow with intention mm-hmm. and C-School last year and there would be like these chat groups um, during the Zoom calls because I did them live. And so there's like that. And then the other thing that everybody's always asking is like, well, how do I get my partner or my friend or whoever yeah. like on board with this stuff? And that's like the same thing that we've talked about, like 
you, you know, our job on this planet is to like, and this is like really into human design, but to do like our thing and do it well. Yeah. And then like, for uh, especially for projectors, like to wait for someone to ask you about it, not to be like, hey, you should really become yeah. a vegan and start yeah. meditating. Well, and that's why I mean, I'm not going to like lecture my like atheist, you know, right. like friends and family on, you know, but how, like, why mm-hmm. aren't you open-minded? Really, like, aren't you this? I thought you like, were going to say that like you had friends and family that were like super Christian. I have that too. Yeah. Um, But yeah. I think the thing that I, that doesn't baffle me as much as the other. Yeah. Um, Do you but, think that's because that's how you grew up? Like the exposure level was like so no, much more on I the Christian side? No, I think it's like, no, I think it's like looking at this. Just like what you believe. I think like, like moving, if you really pay attention and you're like moving through life and you're like looking around and you look at like a flower or you look at like these crazy creations yeah, and you, you just think there's like nothing bigger, nothing, there's not a bigger like design or picture or thing like that. I think I find that kind of shocking and huh. especially coming from a place of like science or like yeah. evolution, you know, like, mm-hmm. like watching things evolve and thinking that like nothing there's nothing bigger at play yeah. that fascinates me. Like, I think that's like a really, um, I, I would view having, I, I just think being like a scientist, I think it's interesting that so many people take these really hard stances. Cause it's like, well, we need to get proof and do the scientific method, but like to you put, to put that. something through the scientific method, you have to be imaginative enough yeah. to be open to stuff. So I just think it's a really interesting stance when people take yeah. um, that. So that's, my, that's just my personal like opinion. Yeah. I, I'm more baffled by that than mm-hmm. like somebody who like, of course I understand like religion and faith and wanting to come, yeah. you know, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's interesting. Cause like I now I'm like, well, why can't they both be true? Yeah. You know, like it, I think, I think maybe. Well, I believe in evolution. I believe, uh, yeah, sure. Like, but know. I think, I think, like, I think we do cease to exist in this current current form. Yeah, like I do. So I, I'm like, I think they're maybe they're both true. But I see what you're saying. I mean, it's just the same as like the placebo effect being like that's literal magic. Placebo is magic, right? And like science has to acknowledge that placebo is real, yes, because it has to be in every study. So yes. it's like by being a scientist, like you are also acknowledging the existence of yes. magic. Yes. So I see what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, so I just think that that's really an interesting um, dichotomy. And that's something mm-hmm. that I'll think about more often than not. Like more often than I'm worried about like my people who have like firm stances on their like specific religious beliefs. Like I don't really, that's all good. Like that's, yeah. I understand that. Um, yeah. So it's different. Cause that's, I mean, religion is like a framework for connecting to what's yeah. beyond. Yes. Yeah. And you know, and so, and so is all of this. Like there's so sure. many, like any kind of ritual is really just something to like ground and connect you so that you can tap in yeah. to something else. So I sort of think like, well, what does your inner voice sound like? My inner voice, when I'm like listening to my inner voice, it's like, it's just a gentle knowing is mm-hmm. like what I would call it. Does and it have words? It does. I do believe my inner voice has words, but it's less chatty and wordy than my, I think you're right, like than my ego. And when I start to question things or go over things or get too wrapped up in external sources, like that's when things, I stop listening to maybe my inner voice. So like, you know, I've seen people talk about like tapping into your inner voice and like Mm -hmm. people have different methods for doing that. And I think a lot of it is like getting still, getting quiet, journaling. Like there's all these different, you know. What are the methods that you use? For me, like I really require at least a little quiet time to myself every day to be alone. Like I really like that. And I do sometimes like just writing a simple list to get the like to-dos out of my brain will sometimes help me to 
uh, clarify some things in my head. So it's like, it seems really like not woo and kind of like boring. But I, if I write down like my to-do list for the next day, that's all out and all that I can get all the kind of like ego have to do's to do's out of my head, minutia out of my head. And then what I'm left with is sort of like, it's more of a feeling. Yeah. And so I think it's kind of the same for like manifesting from a feeling or something. So trying to get into a feeling and then it like dissecting whether that's kind of a good feeling or a bad feeling. You know, I use words in my intuition is words. Like even sometimes I'll do, um, you know, like meditations or deep imaginings or whatever. And what comes up is like a word, you know, and that's kind of like something to focus on. And it's Mm -hmm. always kind of a surprise. Like, well, that came, where did that come from? Yeah. Um, But I tend to focus on that and it tends to really resonate with me. Mm -hmm. Same for like, if I'm doing even tarot and all those things, that's all kind of tapping in and meditation. So yeah. So I was thinking about that yesterday because I was doing um, a tarot reading for myself. And I was thinking about like our conversation today and who I've never thought about my intuition being like an external guidance in the way of like that my tarot reading could be my intuition, like because the cards are outside of me. And so I sort of like think about that as like the universe. But then as I was like pulling the cards and as I was like doing the reading, I was like, wait a second, that could be like the universe could be my intuition speaking to me through the cards. Like it isn't like, I think I've come to tarot about like from the standpoint of like, what is the universe going to teach me? Oh, and like what guidance is the universe going to provide to me? But I guess some people like use the universe and God interchangeably. So if you believe sure. that like God is intuition, I suppose it would be this, the universe is right, the intuition. But I hadn't made that like connection yeah. for myself. Like I do think that the voice inside my head is the voice of God, which I've gotten into like... <laughs> Like I've thought that my whole life. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I've gotten into very... it's like well, it's like on the schizophrenia test <laughs> for sure. Do you think you hear the voice of God is like one Ooh, of the ten questions? Not to mention like going to high school, like living in Kansas and living in Dallas, and like try like trying to have conversations with people, uh, philosophical debates with other children about that concept. Like no one told me that. I've just always sort of thought that like that was what was in my head was like what the wis like the inner wisdom yeah. was like the universal wisdom. I don't know where, like, I think I came to the planet with that feeling or that knowledge, yeah. but I haven't thought about it from the standpoint of like the things that are happening externally could be guidance from that same source, which is ridiculous that I haven't thought that because like, I believe in manifesting being like a reflect, like yeah. I think it's all like a reflection. And I think it's like this loop. I really do think that, but it was, it was sitting last night with the tarot cards and being like, oh, I'm asking for guidance and intuition in this reading. And then it's being reflected back to me. And my interpretation of it is almost like channeling. It's like an external thing. And then the way that I internalize it, the way I integrate it is my inner wisdom. But I do think that I have looked at intuition and inner wisdom and inner voice kind of differently. Like I've sort of thought of intuition as like, a more visceral thing. And I was taught that like growing up, like I remember being told a story of like my grandpa driving in a station wagon and them being down the highway and like him getting a pull to like change lanes and then like yeah. almost missing an accident or like, yeah. you know, like you hear those stories of like the, the things that like we do physically to like avoid danger or do like, well, and, I mean, I guess that's sort of, you know, and I know we're going to get into like the goop episode yeah, next week, next um, episode, but yeah. I know that like 
That makes sense to me too, as intuition being the universe and a bigger source thing, because it's also like you've had moments where it's like, it's just a knowing, Yeah, you know, you knew something, you don't know why you knew it, but yeah. it was like, I mean, we've all had intuition about other people. Yeah. This person, like, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I just get this icky feeling. Like, what is that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, or this like, oh, I have a really good feeling about this. Like we, we've all had moments but those of that are like, as being like that's, your intuition. When you say that's like feeling, like I think those, that to me doesn't come off as a word. That yeah. comes off as like no, I definitely agree that I definitely thing. agree that intuition is more of a feeling than it is a word. I do of think paragraphs. Yeah, like I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like it's as much of the inner monologue stuff as yeah. like the that's the stuff I kind of got to get rid of to tap into the intuition, which is like a lot yeah. more. It's like a even when you hear people channel, it's a lot more like quick. It's a lot more yeah, like but, single words. It's a lot more like yeah, yes and no. But like Abraham Hicks is super chatty and, yeah. and really fast. Yeah, so I, I think there's like different things at play. But it's kind of instant, don't you think? Like it's oh, for a, sure it's, it, versus like the of drawn having, out like like uh, you know, am I this? Am I that? Like it's like it's less like that and it's more direct. Oh, for sure, it's super direct. Yeah. And I think that it also could be like marketing from like the whoever whoever's like pulling the strings like the the grand wizard of oz you know is like knowing that us humans need like a lot of carrots to follow that thread like Mm -hmm. if it was just like breathe be still like we would get bored right like it kind of like at least with abraham hicks if you've ever listened it's just like it's there's a pace and there's like, you know, it, it like keeps you going because it's entertaining also. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's throwing a, a lot at you at a very fast pace to like, be like, oh, okay. My brain has something to, cause it isn't just like the soul's recognition of that wisdom. Like our brain has to have something yeah. to play with. Yeah. So I think it's like entertaining from that regard. Well, what are your, so you said that like note taking, like journaling, that's like your main way I that think you like, connect. Like a brain dump, like a yeah. list is a great thing to do to yeah. like empty it so that I have, and then just like, I mean, sometimes even like a yoga meditation, something that's going to like wind me down, slow my breath up, um, you know, probably put my body into a physical state of like being more like open and aligned, like, because sometimes you'll be anxious without even knowing it and your heart Mm -hmm. rate will be up and you're breathing really fast and you're just kind of like, so not centered. And Mm -hmm. then to kind of get physically centered sometimes will help my brain to kind of like open up a little bit. And then to kind of like tap into like, okay, such, such and such happened today. And this made me feel this way, like these external things, but then being able to like really tap into what you know to be true about it, how you really feel like, um, your feel your actual feelings about something versus like your logic. Like, cause yeah. I don't, I don't think, I think that logic typically can come from either an ego place or like trying to put everything into little boxes. Whereas like yeah. intuition is a little bit more flowy and, um, and feminine. I mean, honestly, like don't yeah. like female intuition. Isn't that such a thing? Yeah. Like, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with uh, really tapping into that part of yourself and mm-hmm. allowing and receiving. And, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a, a feminine trait. Yeah, totally. Well, as far as like resources and things like that go, what, what are some things that you've, well, you mentioned your, the book that you've been really Yeah. Into. The Brian Weiss stuff is really, really compelling and interesting. And like I said, even if you're like no, that's too like out there for me. It it still has just like great stuff, like content. It's great, like wisdom for the ages and talks about like, you know, our karmas we take into each, like from one life to the other and the bigger picture of things. 
I saw recently on Instagram, you had posted about like, you're like, what is my, what is my life's purpose and mm-hmm. all that. And I think like, it makes me really want to do some like past life regression because mm-hmm. I'm like, you kind of like move from one to the other with this thing to pursue that's like bigger than you know. And it typically is like some opposite of like where you were in like before. And I just, or at least in terms of this book, like as yeah. far as it, the people he's worked with. And it's so just fascinating and interesting. And, and so I really have loved that. And then really, I think I don't have a ton of like, you know, the funny thing about intuition and like inner is like, it's your resource, you know, you're the resource. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can't, and I can't again, speak for anybody else and how, how it occurs to them. But I think like, if you feel the one thing that I will say that we'll probably mention again next week on the Goop uh, Lab episode is in the intuition episode, Gwyneth says something about like, how do you know the difference between, uh, you know, your inner voice versus like, you know, I have all these fears for my children. Basically she talks about, yeah. And she's like, and I have this too, you know, I think it's part of being a parent. It's like Mm -hmm. the anxiety of like, you have your heart somewhat outside of your body and you worry that like, if they're going to go do this, you have this bad feeling about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like that anxiety, it will not come from a place of like anxiety. It will come from a place of knowing like your grandfather didn't change lanes because he was coming from a place of anxiety. He just had this gentle knowing. There isn't thought that he should do this. It's just an, it's it's like a a, guided feeling. And so, so yeah. I think like noting those differences, like yeah. I really liked the way that was phrased and I yeah. liked the way she said that because it was like, oh, even I get guilty of like, well, I have this bad feeling about this. Oh yeah. And it wouldn't be necessarily a bad feeling per se. It just like a knowing. Right. Like the thing that labeling it is like, Ugh. like even when you said it, you like kind of yeah. put your hands yeah. together and crunched your shoulders up and you're like, oh, I have a bad feeling. It's like, well, you're not in a haunted house. Like yeah. it's just like... Yeah, you, when it's like true wisdom, it feels a lot more calm. Yeah, and, like and it's, it's less and paranoia yes. because that's coming from a place where your intuition is actually out of whack. You know, yeah. like they talk a lot about like your crown chakra and when it's like out of balance, like they say it's like too open and that's where you're starting to feel like paranoid thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so you need to kind of like ground and center and like get more. So like, I think you're right in saying like, it doesn't necessarily have to come from above. It can definitely come from down. It doesn't always feel like it comes from above because like a lot of the like fearsome, jittery, anxious, questioning, blah, 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 chattiness is is from above or like really close to my ear. (laughs) That's where my hand is right now. Yeah. Like somebody's like, you feel in your head. Yeah. Like a bug is like whispering in my ear. Whereas like when things feel really good and true, it like comes from the ground, which um, anybody who's following Ashley Wood and she has a new podcast called The Line and she does these like line activations and she says the wisdom comes from the ground and goes up and then comes back down through your head. And I don't know, she explains it better than I do, but it's just, there's, I think that there's like an integration for me between like the ground and my head. And when things flow through, like just paying attention to how it feels is probably the thing that is most useful. And the thing that we haven't talked about is just like, when I want, when I'm quiet and calm in my closet or at a coffee shop by myself, like it's really easy for me to tap into this. But the question that I've had for a long time since becoming a mom, but I think I had this question before was like, great, I'm bought into that. But what I don't understand is why is that so hard to access when I feel like I really need it, which is in chaotic moments when I'm in a panic or when my kids are going crazy. Because we're humans, right? I mean, we're having our human experience. And I think it's like, 
it's that's why it's helpful to have tools to get you back into that because at least I think just the awareness, like first of all, clicking into the awareness that like you are feeling that way and like acknowledging that like, okay, I'm having these external anxieties. My kids are going nuts. Like I'm having a bad day. Like, like this person, that this thing really triggered me. Like I think being able to get that out, separate from it, it, but it isn't going to, it isn't like, it's not instantaneous. No, and I think like what my, again, back to like my cool girl desire. Yeah. Like I just always had in my head, like, okay, great. Like I'm a spiritual tapped in person. And so it's easy breezy and things don't bother me. Yeah. And nothing bad is ever going to happen to me. And I'm just going to have like this, like, you know, living on a cloud kind of experience. Yeah. um, about a year, maybe it was like a year and a half ago now, I went to Pittsburgh for the Just Lively taping. So Just Lively is this blogger. We've talked about her plenty, but she started out as a blogger and she's just like a girl like us, like an yeah. everyday woman, but who's into all of this stuff. And she started studying it really deeply and kind of came to the point where now she's coaching people on tapping into their inner voice. For a few hundred dollars, you can have an hour or two with her and have a conversation with your inner voice. Well, I got to go on stage and I was the first person to do it. And that was my question was, okay, when my kids are going nuts, like how do I, how do I access that calm? And she guided me through and it's on YouTube. You can watch it. Um, But the the answer, the answer from my inner voice was that that's not the point. The point isn't to be calm all the time. Like if you were like a calm robot, then your kids would never learn that okay, emotions are okay. Oh gosh. That how, how to process them. Like no matter what, they're going to end up having a different experience in life where they might need to heal something. You're going to inflict that upon them anyway. But like yeah. by just like sitting in the middle of the room and meditating when they're melting down, that's not going to solve anything. So well, yeah, it's sort of like perfect is boring. I mean, right. that's not the reality that of our the lives. Experience. No. And what you said about like letting things flow through, that's been like a real focus of mine is like these um, and you can see it happen in a toddler like you can see them experience something that triggers them you don't ever know what it is right like yeah. oh did I take the purple block away from you I'm so sorry you hand the purple block to them and it doesn't matter now they're pissed and they're screaming yeah that emotion that experience that just has to like get out of them and I think that we as adults don't always give ourselves that time yeah and acknowledgement of like hey this is like, you're feeling something yeah. just get it out get it out letting yourself feel it instead yeah. of like yeah if you, you and can't then having like it. compassion for like okay you had a feeling well, what i've learned is like if you stuff it down it comes back up and yeah. that's that's also not you know it, it might be a short term solution mm-hmm. but it's not the thing because mm-hmm. really and that's why it's like to me it's important you know it's like i know I think, you know, we talked about like you having the aversion to the word like work, but like doing that inner work of, (laughs) you know, dissecting and kind of digging out some of the stuff. It's nice to do because it really frees you up to where it's not there. And so I think it's like, for me, that's been an important aspect. And it's funny because when I skim the surface, which like, okay, I'm going to give an example. Like last month I, you were like, okay, I'm doing our woo letter. Like what's your intention? And I just have not sat with myself. I've been like very busy, very like other stuff going on in my life. And I was like, what do I like pull something out of my butt, find find joy. But it's like, I've done no, that's not really where Mm -hmm. I'm at, what I need, what I'm thinking. It sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, oh, that sounds fun and easy. Yeah. Um, And then it was like, when I really did the like work of like sitting with myself and really thinking like what I want to do. And then this next new moon cycle, I come up with like, you know, unburden. Mm -hmm. And 
that it's like even just the, that word, it feels so much better. It's so much more connected. It's like just hearing the word makes me feel a certain way. Like, yeah. um, you know, knowing what I need to release and do. And and it's like, and that's the intention that you have for this moon cycle right now is like you're coming up. Yeah. yeah. So, so we just had the full moon. So it's like, I'm kind of like letting everything drift when off. When this from airs. Find joy. But yeah, when this airs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, so yes, that's my current one. And so, yeah, the idea of unburdening and releasing and like looking at some stuff that I need to look at yeah. and it will make me feel better right. to do it. It's sort of like we always talk about like the work that you need to do that's actually super easy and makes you feel like a million dollars. Why is it hard to do? Yeah. It is. If it, if it weren't, like we'd all be just like these Zen mamas like all the time and living on this. Bored. And we'd be bored. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and it's just not what the human experience is and right. not what it's here to teach us. Like yeah. we would have no deeper insights, no great rewards if we didn't have these things to work through and right. things to get through. So I, I know what you're saying, because I feel that too, of like, you know, even when I look for expanders, mm-hmm. I've looked in the past towards people who I think have it all or have it all together sure. or take everything with yep. like, and, and I mean, social media has allowed us this like access. very small access to, to, you can either look at people who are super, super real, mm-hmm. or you can look at people who only expose one little portion of themselves and mm-hmm. you have no idea what's actually going mm-hmm. on, but you can think like, this is great. And that's what I want. Right. And the truth of all of it is that it's probably a mix of both sure. for everyone. Like yeah. nobody's just like, well, yeah. I mean, you know, and so it's an interesting thing to like, now I try to tap into people who I feel like do exhibit a lot of the qualities that like I want, like happy, go lucky, yeah. easy life and how they're positive and blah, blah, blah. But like also have some bad days and like mm-hmm. have things happen where it's like a little bit more relatable. And so I think that's been expansive for me lately. And that's more what I'm like trying to tap into because, you know, even people I know who are like the most Zen people in the world who do like sound baths all day and like nothing but exploratory work into themselves. Like, you know, they also, there's like an undercurrent of anxiety sure. and human experience. Yeah, because you can make a too. project out of anything. Yes. And so you can just, I think people refer to it as like the spiritual circus. Like you can just jump on that train too and yeah. just like take it, too far or it's like what's the term that a lot of like fitness bloggers get where they get like obsessed with um like being fit I don't know like orthorexia yeah okay it's like spiritual orthorexia do you know what I mean yeah. where you can just like oh yeah wellness so I wrapped mean- into it and think that you have to be perfect on every plane of your human experience and it's like that I, it, why it why would you think that that's what we're here to pursue that isn't but it's it's all part of that you know again yes. watch the take yeah. it's all part of the trope yeah. of yeah. you know if if you if you have if you're it's the wellness trope like yeah. they should do one on that honestly because it's this we'll idea that in. yeah yeah because it's this <laughs> idea that if you get to here 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 it's, then yes. it will be this yeah. and then you'll mm-hmm. be this i mean it's just so fascinating. It's like that, but that is part of the human experience. That's what we, you know, we've gone in and out of this for like, these are not new cycles, you know? Right. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, one of the things that Jess gives as a, as a idea, which I really like, and I, I like always want to do more of it is just to tap into your inner voice about super, super trivial things. Have you ever d- done this? Mm-mm. She doesn't use the word trivial, <laughs> but like what color, what nail color should I have? What color shoes should I wear? What, like, what should I eat today? Just really like actually putting it into practice yeah. in a really low stakes way makes it accessible and teaches. It's like a muscle, you know, learning yeah. how to flex your bicep is like, it, 
learning how to tap into that inner wisdom about stuff that you're not fearful of and stuff that isn't going to like be triggering and stuff that you can just have quick access to. And it gives you the practice of disobeying (laughs) those orders and then things going wrong and you being like, oh, that's because I... avoided my intuition yeah Yeah. she talks a story she tells a story in one of her recent episodes about like picking the wrong pair of shoes and like what happened and like she ended up running over her shoes with a suitcase and like having a big mark on them because she didn't listen to it and so it was a good and like she survived everything's fine no trauma whatever like it's okay that she didn't go along with it but it's a fun it's a good way to play and I, I mean I really like playing with the universe and I think that's a good way to like just bolster your confidence and like, this is wisdom that I have access to at any moment. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to mention before we wrap up is Liz Gilbert Mm -hmm. talks to love is what she refers to it as. And she, I mean, she's been tapping into her intuition since Eat, Pray, Love. I mean, if anybody who's read that, she's on the floor and she's like, so in such a, and that you talk about that a lot. Like how do people come to this work at like the lowest level of like being desperate? But now every, like all the time, she like opens up a Word document on her phone or on her whatever computer phone, whatever. And she is, talking to some external wisdom and she refers to it as love. And I think that's the other thing that our intuition, our inner voice is like a calm. We haven't, we just haven't said that it's a loving, but it is a loving, comforting, like I've got you and I'm always here. And it's a security for sure. Yeah. Like you can do no wrong. I will. It's unconditional. Yeah. Um, so I think that's another way that you know, if, if you're questioning, like, is this the voice? Like it feels loving mm -hmm. and, and bigger than Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a perfect place to stop for today. Friends. We hope this conversation has provided some ideas and inspiration for connecting with your intuition and inner wisdom. Yes. As always, we love connecting and learning about what resonates with you. Say hi to us over on Instagram at that's pretty woo, or send an email to hello at that's pretty woo.com. We'll be back next week with a deep dive into Gwyneth Paltrow's new show on Netflix, The Goop Lab. See you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you, friends, for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff. That's That's Pretty pretty woo. Woo.